Every month, we offer exciting new webinars for our community. Topics include how to use retirement accounts to buy real estate overseas, how to get a second passport in Latin America, why you should sell your stock portfolio and move your money offshore, how to buy beachfront rental properties in Brazil for less than $100,000, or apartments in Paraguay for less than $60,000. If you want to join us for free for these presentations with live Q&A, insider secrets, and exclusive opportunities with my professional network of experts, then go to expatmoney.com forward slash webinars. That's expatmoney.com forward slash webinars to register for free upcoming presentations. expatmoney.com forward slash webinars. We all dream of seeing the world, but the realities of living somewhere outside your place of birth can be daunting to say the least. Welcome to the Expat Money Show, helping you make the most out of your overseas career through conversations with successful expats on investing, entrepreneurship, self-improvement, and continual education, all while sharpening your financial acumen. Now, please welcome your host with over 20 years of overseas experience, Mikkel Thorup. Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is Mikkel Thorpe, and this is the Expat Money Show. Today, I'm going to do something a little bit different. I want to share with you guys what has been going on with my health over the last two weeks or so. And you might hear that my voice is pretty rough, pretty raw at the moment. It has not been a good couple of weeks here, but I want to share this story with you because I think that first and foremost, it's a very good opportunity for me for teaching, for me to teach others something and and try to organize my thoughts and, and to try to look at things from different points of view. I also think it's an excellent opportunity for you to hopefully learn something about being an expat or living overseas in a country that you may or may not speak the language and living in a different country and culture. And health is one of those things that we need to to deal with. So I want to also point out, though, before I jump into today's interview that I'm not doing this one to get sympathy or anything like that. I really do just want to share with you guys what happened and and what is happening right now, and hopefully it is worthwhile to you. Now, I did get a couple hundred comments from people last week when I sent out the email and lots of people saying that they were praying for me. Thank you so much. You guys are unbelievable. I couldn't believe when I read some of the comments how kind and sweet and amazing you guys are. So thank you so, so much for that. I do appreciate it very much. I very much appreciate. But today, I just want to kind of share with you guys what I shared in the email, but in a little bit more detail, as well as what has happened since then. Because I kind of wrote that email at a time when I thought I was actually getting better, and I ended up getting worse, like so much worse after. So last point before we jump in, though, is that I also want to say I am super fortunate to have so many awesome people in my community here in Panama, friends and colleagues, family members, the nannies, everybody around who has been so kind to me the last two weeks. I legit don't know what I would do without these people in my life. Being an expat is hard. And we got to support one another. There's no question about that. And sometimes health gets away from you. And if you're by yourself, it could be a really scary experience. It was a really scary experience for me. And I had so many loving people around me. So anyways, let's go back to the beginning. Well, about two and a half weeks ago, my son started getting diarrhea, like really bad 
diarrhea and low energy. He's two, two and a half years old. You know, he's usually such a ball of energy, but he just got so sick. And then he stopped eating. Like he just, he refused to eat anything. And we would try to like force him to eat something or trick him or give him chocolates and then, and then get him to try to eat something. And it was just horrible. And he'd just end up throwing it back up. So day one, day two, day three, day four, he's still not better. Day five, we're like, okay, enough. We got to take him to the hospital. My mother comes upstairs and she's like, he's not moving. He's on the couch. He can barely keep his eyes open. You got to take him to the hospital now. So this is the Thursday. I'm at work all day. And so my wife grabs one of the nannies and they take him to emergency. And he's in emergency all day on Thursday. And he, they put him on an IV and slowly, you know, he gets rehydrated and starts to feel a tiny bit better. And you can see a bit of color in his cheeks again and everything. We're like, okay, thank God, you know, thank God. At this point, my daughter's been sick, but it wasn't like that, you know, she had been kind of managing. But that night, my wife took my son home and my daughter started to get really sick and she started throwing up like basically around the clock. Like we woke up the next morning and my mom's been taking care of her. My mom's not slept and she's just, my daughter's a complete mess and just not pretty experience whatsoever. My wife has also started to get pretty bad too. So on the Friday, my wife, my daughter, and me all get checked into emergency. I'm the best out of the three of us. I don't feel fantastic at this point by any means, but I'm okay. I get checked in because I wanted to get the checks done. I wanted to know if I had the same virus and everything that was going around, whatever this was, stomach flu, or I don't know what the hell they call it. So they put my daughter on an IV and they try to put it in her hand and they can't get the vein. And so they're like wiggling it around under her skin all over the place under her hand. And she's like screaming and crying. It's absolutely like breaking my heart. So eventually I'm like, okay, enough, like stop. So we pull it out. And then we ended up doing the IV in her arm, which actually went a lot easier. I don't know why they didn't do that at first, but put her on the IV. She's doing tests. My wife stays with her and I'm out in the lobby doing consulting calls with some of my clients. I got one client who's leaving New Zealand like that week or the week following and really needs to talk to me before they leave their home country and for God knows how long, you know, like they're moving overseas. And we're doing a full relocation with them. And this might be the last chance we have to talk before they leave their house in New Zealand. So obviously, I don't want to cancel with them at all. So I got my headphones on, turned the video off, and I'm doing the consulting call in the hallway of the lobby of the emergency room. So I had to do a couple calls like that. But I came back, my wife's caring for my daughter. Daughter's sleeping. Everybody's okay. You know, we're there for a few hours. We get the results back and my daughter has rotavirus, which I guess is super common and like the number one cause of dehydration in kids. Now add to that, my wife has norovirus and andovirus as well as rotavirus. So she's got three of them. My daughter's got the one and they believe that I have the same ones as well. So they put me on the same treatment as my wife and they basically give us a whole ton of meds and send us home. Yeah. So we make it home from the hospital and go straight to bed. The next day, both the kids and my wife are starting to feel a little bit better, but I've gotten like 10x worse. I've been up all night 
with diarrhea. Like, I mean, every 15 minutes for 10 hours, 15 hours straight, I have had diarrhea. By the end of this marathon of, of 15 hours or so, I can't move. My whole body aches. I feel like I've been hit by a Mack truck. Actually, one of my colleagues, Kylie, messages me and she's like, how do you feel? I send her a GIF of a guy getting hit by a Mack truck. I'm like, this is me. And I was just an absolute mess. That day, I end up sleeping about 15 hours on Saturday. I can't move. I can't eat. Sunday morning, I'm up. I try to eat something. I'm throwing up all Sunday morning. Sunday night, so sick. Monday, so sick. Tuesday, and I am just done. I can't move. I haven't eaten anything since Friday. I'm dehydrated. My whole body aches. Just brutal. By this point on Tuesday, my wife and the kids are doing much better, thank God. So my wife decides she's taking me back to the emergency room, and I'm in emergency all of Tuesday. So let me just kind of walk you through the process, because I want to show you how different it is going into emergency in Panama than back home. So we take an Uber to the emergency room at the Panama Clinic here in Panama City. And I walk up to the front desk and I give my ID. She asks if I am the patient and I say, see. And within one minute, she has taken a photocopy of my ID, hands it back to me, and a nurse takes me right to a room attached to the lobby where the doctor takes my vitals. So I explain to the doctor what's going on. She weighs me. I've lost four kilos, by the way. In five days, I've lost four kilograms. That's like 10 pounds. She takes my temperature, blood pressure, basically five minutes to go through everything. Then I walk two steps to the admin office to get checked in for emergency. I sign a waiver. My wife lists herself as my emergency contact. I get a wristband and the woman is waiting for me in the hallway with a wheelchair and I go straight to a private room with a sliding door and my own sink and a couple of chairs and everything. It's clean and modern and absolutely brand new. Now, this whole process from when I approached the front desk and said hello to laying in bed was 10 minutes, okay? Think that through. 10 minutes, front desk, Nurse, vitals, doctor, admin, wheelchair, private room, 10 minutes, all right? Within about two minutes after that, a nurse comes in, checks on me, makes sure that I'm the right person, checks my wristband, confirms, doctor's in two minutes after that, start asking me what's going on. Now, this was the same doctor we had before, so he was kind of surprised to see us back, but kind of knew the case already. Side note, by the way, the first time my wife went in with my son, same experience as I just described. And when I took my wife and my daughter in, we had the same experience as well. The only difference with the kids is that they have a children's play area because they've got a kid's waiting room and a kid's hospital section of emergency as well. So super, super nice of them. And they even had like an emergency care person come for the kids and give them stuffed animals and toys to play with and a comfort, it was a customer care comfort person. I can't remember what they, they had some, some special name for them, but they were really, really sweet. So anyways, we had the same experience with 
all the kids and all the other visitors. There was no waiting, no fluff, no visiting like three floors or asking seven people what to do. The whole thing was so streamlined, so clean, so easy to understand. And yeah, just fast. So I'm in emergency all night and they put me on this massive IV bag. I think this was like the extra large or something. I don't know if that even exists, but this thing was huge because I am really, really dehydrated at this point. So I got an IV and it's such a bizarre feeling. Now, you guys got to remember, I never get sick. Never, ever, ever, ever do I get sick. I haven't been in the hospital for something like this in 20 years, all right? This is not a normal occurrence for me. I never had an IV. I never needed to for any of these things, but it's such a bizarre feeling. The IV is basically like an air conditioning unit from the inside out. I don't know if they took this bag like straight from the fridge or something or what they did, but they put that and three bags of medicine together and it took two hours to go through me. And I'm like shivering. Like it is cold going through my veins. I've got my sweater on and I got my blankets up to my chin and I am shivering. Anyways, they run a bunch of tests and they find some extra nasty bacteria infection in the lining of my stomach. Now, I'm going to spare you guys the details, but he explains that this thing digs really deep in and it's very, very hard to remove. So he prescribes me this triple antibiotic thing, plus like three, four other types of medication and tells me I have to take antibiotics twice a day, four pills a time for 14 days straight. So basically eight pills a day plus all the extra pills for two weeks straight. So after the IV and everything, my appetite is finally back a little bit. So my wife goes to the Chinese restaurant in the shopping mall that the hospital is connected to and brings me back to the hospital chicken congee. Congee is basically smooth rice porridge in China. They mostly have it for breakfast, but in this case, it was perfect for what I needed for my first meal in five days. And it was so good. I have never tasted food so good when you're starving to death and you can't keep anything down and finally you can have some food. It was unbelievable. But it was, yeah, the absolute first thing I was able to properly eat in days. So I was so, so happy. And I was feeling pretty pumped by this point. We know what the problem is. We got us this uh, bacterial infection in my stomach. I've eaten, I've rehydrated. I'm stoked, you know, like I'm super pumped. I think this is it, I'm getting better. And my wife takes me home and we stop by the pharmacy and we get the meds. And by this point, I've already told everyone I'm on the mend and I've sent an email earlier explaining to my clients why I'm behind on messages and what's going on with the family and, and I'm figuring everything out and everything is going to be fine. So I started that night taking the antibiotics and it's, I'm going to try to pronounce, clarithomycin, amoxicillin, and lanzapranzole. So the first two are antibiotics, and the third one is to stop you from getting stomach ulcers when you're taking these antibiotics, okay? But I don't know, I must have been like really, really tired or really out of it or not thinking straight or I'm not sure what, but I take the wrong combo of medicines. I took double of one type of medicine and nothing of the other type, and then the next morning I reversed it. I don't know. 
I just screwed up my meds. I really don't know what to say. The following night when I went and looked at it, I clearly saw what I did wrong. I think the medicine, the description on the package was not very clear, but I think it was definitely my fault. I, I will take responsibility for this one. But the next day, my taste buds are whack. I can't taste anything. I once again can't eat. Everything has this funny smell to it. And I feel gross. Like I feel yuck. It's not fun. So I figure out what I did wrong and I correct the meds and I take them all day, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And I don't feel good at all. Things are getting worse and worse and worse. Every day I am taking these meds. And I take my wife in to have a follow-up checkup with her obstetrician and everything is fine. I tell him the drug list that I'm taking and he's very concerned and explains that those are some really, really serious drugs and to be careful. So on Friday afternoon, my glands are like totally swollen. My throat is sore. My whole body aches. My jaw and neck are cramped up and so tight. I have insomnia. I've not been able to sleep for days straight. I start getting seriously paranoid about everything in my life. I start going down these like really dark thought pathways, you know, like what if I don't get better? What will my wife do? What if I lost all my money? How would I support my family? Or even morbid things like what if I got hit by a bus tomorrow and died? Like, do we have enough life insurance? Do my wife knows where everything is? You know, like I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good about having everything set up. But you start going through things line by line by line as you're staring at the ceiling for the eighth hour, six hours straight. What could I have done better? What could I do better? How could I have set everything set up easier? You know, does she have access to all the passwords? words and all the bank accounts? Does she know where everything is kept? Is it all done properly? Like just dark, dark stuff. Now, please understand, I'm not a dark guy. Actually, I'm a super upbeat, very happy, always bright side, glass half full kind of guy. You know, that's who I am. Yes, I work on the defensive side of things, but I'm conservative and I protect the downside. I'm never dark, right? Like that's a massive difference. I'm very conservative and I want to make sure that we're not taking unnecessary risk with our investments and I try to understand the situation, but I'm never dark. But these meds have my brain going in really weird directions, directions they've never gone in before. And I'm legit scared. So I pull my wife and my mother into a family meeting and I ask them for help. I explained, I've been sick for nearly two weeks now. I'm getting worse. Please help me. I, I legit need help. I need help dealing with this. So they try to schedule a time for me to go and see the gastroenterologist who I needed to see anyways as a follow-up for these meds, but he's away because it's Carnival. So right now in Panama, it's Carnival. It's also Chinese New Year where my wife is from China and about 10% of the population is ethnically Chinese here. So like the whole city is basically shut down between Carnival and Chinese New Year happening the same weekend. So we can't get a gastroenterologist to see us. So we get a hold of the ER doctor who saw me before and we talk to him for about a half an hour on the phone. And he's like, stop taking all medications now. Immediately, do not take any more meds whatsoever before you see a proper doctor. So he explains to us, he's like, all right, 
stop now. And in two days, if you feel better, you've had a bad reaction to the meds because it's not supposed to be like this. And if things get worse, come back into the emergency room immediately. I'm like, okay. So we stop all meds. I'm on day four, let's say, day four, day five, on a 14-day protocol of antibiotics, and I got to stop these. All right. So I wake up the next morning, and I finally slept properly, and I don't feel like my skin is crawling, and I don't have these dark thoughts anymore. I'm starting to feel a little bit better. So the next day, we start researching this medicine. Like, what the hell is this stuff? And the antibiotics and everything, like, what is this stuff that they gave me? So it didn't seem like the antibiotics when we started reading the side effects. But listen to the list of side effects from the one medicine that they gave me, okay? So there was some more common ones like itchy and skin rashes, stuff like that. Then there was less common side effects. Now listen to these ones, okay? Decreased appetite, yes. Joint pain, definitely. But it's really interesting when we get into the rare so these are, there's like 20 of them here. These were the rare symptoms that some people found, okay? Anxiety, double. Blurred vision, absolutely. Chest pain or discomfort. Actually, I forgot to mention it, but the one night, especially when I was starting to feel dark, my heart was racing so fast, I legit thought I was going to have a heart attack, okay? I wear a sleep tracker so I can check my heart rate. It was like 50% higher than it normally is my resting heart rate. I thought I was going to have a freaking heart attack. It was ridiculous. Next, colds, dizziness, faintness, and lightheadedness. Absolutely. I couldn't even stand up at some points during the week. Fast pounding or irregular heartbeats and pulse. Yes. Increased cough, lightheadedness, dizziness, or fainting. Mental depression. Thanks, guys. What a fucking great side effect that you guys gave me with this medicine. Mental depression, muscle pain, nervousness, pain and discomfort in the arms, jaw, and neck. My jaw is still locked right now. It's like, I don't understand what has gone on. I don't know if I was grinding my teeth on these meds or something like that, but it feels like I've been punched in the jaw. It's unbelievable. And a whole bunch of other ones. But basically... On the more common and less common, I had like one or two. But on the very rare ones, I had almost all of them. Like every bad shit that could have happened, I had all of those. So I talked to the doctor again, and he's like, you've had an extremely bad reaction to the meds. It's not supposed to be like that at all. That's very rare. Stop everything. Go back to bed and rest and wait to see the doctor in a week so we can figure out what's going on. Like basically, fluids as much rest as you can, no stress, and don't take any of the meds. I'm like, wow. So that's kind of where we're at now. As I'm recording this, it's Sunday night. This will go out in, say, call it 48 hours or something like that. Hopefully, over the next two days, I get a bit better. I've got consulting calls in the morning that I can't put off. I got to take care of my clients. Hopefully, things are going to get better. I still feel like hell, but what to do? My wife and kids are all better. Thank God there is nothing worse in the world than seeing your child sick, especially like that. So let's look at the bright side because I do want to make this a positive message. I want this not just to be me whinging for half an hour or an hour episode or whatever. I want to make sure that you guys know how grateful I am. So first of all, massive shout out to all the staff at the Panama Clinic in Panama City. 
Amazing doctors, nurses, support staff, everyone. The place is super clean, brand new, well thought out, and just world-class on every level. So, so impressed. Thank you, guys. Amazing for the doctors and the staff to give us their WhatsApp numbers and converse with us on like midnights on a Sunday night to answer our questions and talk to us on the phone and go back and forth. Uh, You know, we're sending pictures of the medication and what's going on. They got back to us in a timely fashion, like just totally above and beyond. Just so, so impressed. Thank you to my mother who somehow did not get sick over the last two and a half weeks and helped us care for the kids while my wife and I were out of commission. And we are so stoked to have two amazing nannies who love our children to death and looked after them from morning to night while my wife and I were sick. There is no way we would have had things this good if we were back home in Canada. I would probably still be waiting till today to go and see a doctor as I am recording this. But here in Panama, I got to see a doctor within 10 minutes. By the way, the first visit for my son that we took on Thursday, plus my wife, me, and my daughter on the Friday was less than 1,000 US dollars combined for the four of us, all right? Then I was back for extra tests, private room, IV, all the meds, bunch of extra stuff for around six hours, and it was $380.84. I had to go and find the factura, the receipt for that, $380.84. Unbelievable. We have insurance, so they'll actually cover everything. We have zero deductible and all the inpatient, outpatient. So insurance will cover everything. But even if I didn't, even if we had to self-insure, you're looking at five visits to the emergency room for less than $1,400 total. Like, no way would it be that cheap in the USA if you had to pay out of pocket. Not a chance. So... Anyways, that's my story, kind of an ongoing story, but I thought I would share about the full experience with you here as healthcare is always a question I get asked about when people are moving overseas. So there you go. I have just been through the whole thing and this is my report. I fully expect to be better soon and put this whole thing behind me. As I said before, I never ever get sick and I am normally super healthy person and I plan on being so again. I hope this episode has been helpful to you. I hope it has been valuable to you. For updates on what's going on with me and everything else in our community, make sure you subscribe to the newsletter at expatmoney.com. That's expatmoney.com. We put out new content every single week. So I'm going to make sure that we send out a update probably in a week from now when hopefully I am much, much better. So that's it. Have a great week. I'll see you next Wednesday, 6 a.m. Eastern time. Thanks so much. This episode may be over, but your journey to greatness continues by visiting our webpage and signing up for our newsletter. For convenient access to new episodes, show notes, and other crucial resources, visit expatmoneyshow.com. We look forward to you joining us on the next episode of the Expat Money Show. Safe travels. I have managed to secure exclusive rights to a block of villas in one of the hottest up-and-coming regions in my current home country, Panama. Join me Saturday, May 4th at 10 a.m. Central, 11 a.m. Eastern Time for our special presentation called Investors Workshop, capitalizing on the globally recognized resort brand coming to Panama. We will discuss how the tourism landscape in this region will change rapidly upon the public announcement of this project and how I have secured the rights for my clients to 
capitalize on this opportunity before anyone else. Thanks to my connections in the region, I have negotiated pricing that front runs everyone else. Think early, early bird pricing. From gourmet restaurants to vibrant clubs, poolside activities, and even live bands, this resort is going to pump some serious life into the region. But this isn't what excites me or what should excite you either. The exciting part is that these world-class amenities and top brand will attract tens of thousands of tourists. Tourists who will fork over top dollar to stay at our investment properties. Register free at expatmoney.com forward slash webinars. That's expatmoney.com forward slash webinars to register for this free real estate workshop. See you on May 4th at 10 a.m. Central Time. That's 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Go to expatmoney.com forward slash webinar.